You're listening to The Flyover Podcast, where we spotlight the success and struggles of people, organizations, and companies from all around flyover country. This week marks the beginning of our series taken from our online forum last month called Reimagining the Food Business in Flyover Country, sponsored by Domino's, where more than two dozen CPG and food service executives, entrepreneurs, and venture capitalists sat down to discuss the current and future states of the food business in flyover country. Now, here's your host, Dale Buss. What is flyover country? People will differ somewhat, um, but at the Flyover Coalition, we describe it as America between the Appalachians and the Rockies, the Great Lakes and the Gulf Coast. And you pretty much see that circumscribed and described by our logo. But flyover country is much more than a circle on a map. It's a view, it's a point of view, and it's a mentality. And most important in defining flyover country is we know who we are. Now, I started the Flyover Coalition to promote the idea of a regional identity for the swath of America that I just described to try to help improve the lot of our people, our companies, our cities, our towns, you know, just our overall economy. And I arrived at that goal after growing up in Wisconsin, then spending a career as a journalist, uh, working quite a bit for newspapers and magazines that were based on the coast. Uh, I also worked for newspapers in Milwaukee and St. Petersburg that are in flyover country, but I always lived somewhere personally in flyover country. And I realized, among other things, that the problem of how we're perceived out there certainly begins with how the national uh, coastal controlled media cover us or don't cover us. But the problem certainly doesn't end there. Now, you might ask, as people often do, why call it the Flyover Coalition? You know, it sounds bad. Why would we put ourselves down with that appellation? It's pejorative, some people say. But what I found is that about nine out of 10 people just get it. They understand that we want to take what others see as descriptive and make it ironic instead. It's sort of a brand marketing jujitsu. So indeed, the name and our aim is purposeful because we do have a bit of a chip on our shoulders. You know, it's like they want to know us as flyovers. We'll show them what flyovers can do. We're the heartbeat of the country, but they don't know it. We're the breadbasket of the world and the home of the greatest food and agricultural industries anywhere, but often that gets taken for granted. Uh, We're the wellspring of countless great technological innovations over the decades and even the centuries, and often we don't get credit for it. We're the home of the great arsenal of democracy, the one World War II, and we still rank as one of the greatest concentrations of industrial might in the world at a time when we're told that supposedly American manufacturing is inevitably in decline. The flyover country is the home of more than 100 major research universities, and that's in the Midwest alone. But supposedly, the technological history of society is being rewritten only in Silicon Valley. We're going to determine the future of this country and flyover country. (laughs) They just may not know it yet. So look a little more closely at the food and ag business that we're here to discuss today. We are still the breadbasket of the world. We're the home of Mondelez, Kellogg, ConAgra, 
General Mills, Cargill, we could go on and on with the major CPG companies uh, that are so important to our economy and to, and to the food business globally. And Flyover Country also is the home of Farmer's Fridge and Lifeway Foods and Spoonshot and Good Sport and all sorts of other entrepreneurial ventures, some as new as a year or two old, some you go back to Lifeway Foods, some 20, 25 year old, years old, and they have been transformative in the food business as well, and they're all based in flyover country. The problem is, if you look at where the investment and the incite, excitement in the food business is these days. Now, over the last 25 years, I have written literally about hundreds of startups in the food and beverage business for various clients, one of them, the main one, uh, New Nutrition Business Magazine, and also Food Technology. And I've definitely noticed in the last, say, five to seven years, a huge tilt toward California and to some extent New York City as the, the origins, the, the homes of these uh, companies. And the reasons are obvious. I mean, digital technology is huge now in the food business uh, and and ag tech just as it is in every other walk of life. And you know, Silicon Valley dominates there. Um, healthy lifestyles are associated with California. It's a place where people you know, experiment freely with new foods, uh, ancient foods, you know, ingredients that maybe the rest of us take a while to catch up to. And of course, um, California and, and New York uh, are both close to uh, sources of capital, venture capital, you know, familiar with them. And, familiar with the people. But you know, I also submit that these startups on the coast are facing kind of a lack of competition from startups in flyover country. I mean, we have them, but we need more of them. And sure enough, just a few days ago, another startup popped on the screen called Future Farm. This is typical, I think. It's based in Los Angeles. They announced a huge new round of $58 million in funding to produce future products like future chicken. Um, you know, it's going to be yet another line of, of plant-based uh, alternative meats. The funders are BTG Capital from Brazil and an outfit called Rage Capital. It doesn't seem like it would ever be able to satisfy them, but they're based in London. Now, this was only a few days after Google, based in Silicon Valley, said that it would invest a billion dollars and essentially take over the operations of the Merck, uh, Chicago's you know, great historic commodities exchange by bringing them to the cloud. So that's, that's where we stand at the moment. Um, and it has actually come to something even more interesting. <laughs> There's an actress named Sarah Hyland who has joined a startup called Source as its creative director and actually a co-founder, which, which astounded me. I mean, I love Sarah Hyland in Modern Family and I think it's really cool that she had a relationship with a bartender from Bachelor in Paradise. But I know Andrew and Jen Moore, who are the co-founders of Source, because I interviewed them for a profile of their company. They came up with a very clever idea for turning chocolate candies into nutritional supplements. Uh, they're based in San Francisco. Now, could that be why they think Sarah Hyland is worthy of a co-founder title for the company they work so hard to build? I don't know. But... I mean, of course, celebrities are all over products and brands that they believe will help bring you better lives. You could certainly argue that the involvement of celebrities like Kim Kardashian and Rihanna and Anne Hathaway um, 
were crucial in popularizing coconut water. They made it cool. They boosted it to the level of a significant mainstream beverage category. And, uh, and that's where it stands today. Um, now we find Leonardo DiCaprio investing in Mosa Meat, which is a Dutch uh, company that makes alternative meats. The point is, if celebrities are to latch on to alternative meats, you know, can we possibly compete with that in flyover country? Because if you talk to some of the folks on the coast, you know, they've told me, well, what's the problem? Food production is always going to be done in the heartland. You know, that's where the commodity agriculture is. That's where most livestock is. That's where the manufacturing and operations bases and expertise are. And of course, uh, out here in flyover country, we've got that favorable location between the, the big markets on the coast. But are we happy settling for that, just for that? I'm hoping not, because the pathway to a long-term hollowing out of the food and beverage business in flyover country and the stagnation of this part of our economy would result from you know, being satisfied with that kind of a position uh, for us. If we don't originate and develop the intellectual property in this business, including the digital aspects, and innovate around that, the heartland is ultimately going to lose control of these great industries to the coasts. So that's what reimagining the food business in flyover country is all about, to recognize and assess where we are and to talk about where we go from here. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Flyover Podcast. Next week, Dale will talk about restoring primacy with Jeff Grog, Aaron Wren, and Luke Saunders, three food business leaders in the heartland. We know food is a growth business, but how can we in Flyover Country regain our rightful share? Or have we lost our historical edge to the coast? Tune in to next week's conversation for answers. The Flyover Podcast is presented by the Flyover Coalition, hosted by Dale Buss and produced by Callie Newberry.